You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast on the Mission Matters Podcast. Hey, if you're the kind of person who has always wanted to have your own podcast, but feared all the work in editing, syndicating, and keeping up, I've got a great option for you to get your message out without all the extra work. Click on missionmattershost.com for more information. Tell them Scott from Serve Strong, Finish Strong sent you. Welcome now to the conversation designed specifically for you in your 40s and 50s. If you crave a future with meaning and significance, this is the place for you. I am Scott. I'm your host. And I'm glad you're aboard as we embark on another episode together. And I am so excited for this episode because it sets the stage for a four-part podcast series that will take us through the end of the year and into the new year. And what do you typically think of when the new year rolls around again? That's right, resolutions. And did you know that research shows that nearly 80% of all resolutions die by the second week of February? Now, I don't know about you, but I want to know what the other 20% of the population know that the rest of us don't. That's the reason for the podcast series. It's called The Solution to Your Resolutions, Creating a Lifestyle of Growing Up. So to kick things off, I want to cover a topic which was part of a previous conversation I had with a guest by the name of Nelson Whitmer in that episode, which aired August 2nd of 2022, entitled A Five-Year Plan. We talked about his story of scuba diving with his son. So, Nelson, welcome to the podcast again. It's an honor to talk with you. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back on. It's an honor for me. When we recorded our conversation back in August, we talked about your five-year plan, which, by the way, you're on your second five-year plan as we speak. And it's an honor to be a coach partnering with you in that process. Now, during that conversation, you shared your scuba story with us i did i would like for you to share that story again because that's really sets the stage for this four-part podcast series that will end us that will take us into the new year okay great they're happy to do that the background is my son alex was a senior in high school boy this is probably 10 years ago maybe 12 years ago Maybe longer. I don't know. Time flies. However, he approached me one evening about a senior project that he was required to do. And what he wanted to do for that senior project was to get certified scuba. And then he was going to do an accompanying paper. He asked me if I would join him in that. He and I both love the water and he knew I had kind of expressed interest in that. So and, I said, sure. You did it out of love. Right. A father's love. Why, why wouldn't I do that? It's a chance to be with my son. Right. Right. All right. We, um, we pursued that. We did all the precursory online training. We went with a local scuba diving organization that did training, did the pool work. And so got to the point where the next step was to go into open water. There's a local quarry in Western Pennsylvania that we set up to do this instructing. So we had the time to go on a morning out to this quarry, be Alex, myself, and our instructor to go do our open water training. When we got to the quarry, 
the local fire department was there doing search and rescue training in that same quarry in that same area that we were going to enter well they had been working there all morning and it was had really stirred up the water right so the sand base Mm -hmm. was almost zero so i get there and i see a cable a rope attached to the shore anchored there going down and leading into the water into water that was completely murky and turbulent right our instructions were Alex was going to follow just to follow the line down hand over fist down into the water. We'd get down about 20 or 25 feet and we would see a platform there and be able to do our training. Alex was to lead. I was going to follow. The instructor was going to come behind. Well, Alex always the adventurer, adventurer, his hand over fist going down the line into the water. And so I said, Oh, I mean, I got to go. So I had my gear. I started going down the cable, entered the water, wasn't gone very long when all of a sudden panic started to set in. I could not see in front of my face. And I got extremely claustrophobic just from the water being so murky. I didn't know whether to flee, stand up, because I really was panicked to stand up and get out. Probably I could have just really stood up. I probably wasn't that deep. But I didn't know panic does that to you, right? I didn't know where I was. I couldn't see anything. I was starting to breathe heavy, but I knew that if I left, Alex wouldn't be continuing on. He didn't know I wasn't behind him. And the instructor was behind me would have to be dealing with me. And I knew it was just going to, and I didn't want to quit. So all these things were going through my head. I was panicked. A whirlwind is what it was. Mm-hmm. All I knew was I could see the rope in my hand. Right. So I decided that I'm going to follow the rope. And I just went hand over fist and followed the rope. And it probably wasn't, it seemed like a long time. It probably wasn't that long of a time, but eventually I got deep enough into the water where it cleared up. The murkiness was gone and I could see again. And not too far in front of me, I saw Alex going down, following the rope. So I continued. I was able to gather myself, went down, followed the rope. There was a platform down there and we did our training and went through the process and everything was fine through life now that just that story has resonated with me and we can talk more about that but that's the story of my scuba and the lifeline the cable that i talk about that's right that's right you you did you not see a fish at one point i think there was a story of a part of the story yeah so as soon as the water cleared up the first thing i saw was a bluegill or some fish eye to eye in my goggles, right? That's the second time I almost left the water. <laughs> death. But uh, it's a true story. I couldn't make that up. Okay. So, so we're, we're talking to a man who was scared to death of a, of a bluegill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A mighty Ohio bluegill. <laughs> you know, isn't that so true? Even when we, you know, we could talk about the cable and how important I think, and we are going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Even when things clear up, you'll get thrown another surprise. It happens every time. I didn't let go of the cable. I almost did, you know, but I didn't because I knew that's what I had. Even when the fish surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, uh, this has be- become a tremendous, uh, this has become, become an anchor story for me. Yeah. And for us, you know, you and I, th- I don't know when this emerged during the five year, first five year plan, 
But you were telling that story. I thought, oh my word, this this describes exactly what it's like to make personal development happen. And this is this is what happens, you know, in the four disciplines of execution. That book talks about the whirlwind, you know, achieving what you want to achieve in the midst of the whirlwind. So in this case, the whirlwind was the murkiness of the water that was stirred up by others. So that that whirlwind equals is is equal to life right? Life has twists and turns and things are going great one day. And the next day you're, you hang up the phone from a diagnosis or a a significant disruption in your life, or you hang up the phone from a, a windfall and you sit back and say, Oh my word, this changes everything. You know, the whirlwind comes in and out and goes around. And, and a lot of times the things that happen to us are not our fault. Like the fire department, I mean, yeah. you were yeah. scheduled to do this. They were there earlier. They messed up the water for you, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think there's even more to it. So I had a little bit of trepidation about the event anyway, right? So I was a little uncertain about entering the water if it had been clear. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to do this for my son and for myself, and I had to overcome that but I had a little fear anyway. Then you throw that into the whirlwind. And I think sometimes in life we're sailing along pretty smoothly and the whirlwind gets us. But I think sometimes we're also not sailing along smoothly. There is some unknown to what we're doing. You know, we're trying to do things and we're focusing on trying to maybe overcome some things. Then you add the whirlwind to that. And that's when I think panic can set in. Right. In some uncertain territory anyway. And I think that's where it was for me. And I think when we started talking about this story, you know, I was going through a big transition in life and selling a business, which was unknown, uncharted territory for me. And you throw the whirlwind of life trying to run a business that was a challenge in the midst of trying to sell another business. All of that was kind of unknown territory and whirlwind. That's That's the similarity to that story, that personal experience for me. Yeah, there's got to be something in there about the comfort zone, you know, the things that we are sure of. Right. We like we usually like to hang close those aspects of life that we have developed. And for the 40 and 50 year old, we've been developing them for decades. This comfort zone has become a friend. And and so to go into water, or in my case, it was to jump out of a plane with my son. There is fear and trepidation because you just don't know what's going to happen. The truth is we never know what's going to happen. You know, the idea of a comfort zone, maybe this is another podcast episode later on, but the illusion of comfort, the illusion of a comfort zone, it's not really there, you know, because we never know what's going to happen. So I've been reflecting on this conversation. And I want to share some of these thoughts that I have with you and see what you think. So the whirlwind is the whimsy. It's the willy-nilly twists and turns of life. But the cable is the quiet confidence of progress. And it happens in the midst of this whimsical whirlwind. It's quiet confidence of progress. Hand over hand, hand over hand. You are moving yourself to another place, a platform. A platform, and here's another thing about your story, is that you were compelled to keep going because of your fatherly love for your son, partly because of ego, 
right? You didn't want to be the one that, to quit, but that's all part of the mix. The compelling reason to keep going was strong enough. It didn't take the fear away. It didn't take the panic away, but it helped you navigate the panic, which is another thing. It's when we have a clear and compelling vision, it's not, the question is not, will I go through panic? The question is, when I go through panic, what is the vision that's going to keep me going forward? Right. And I think about that. And I think that you have to be, so the reason it's that quiet confidence is because it's the sure thing in your life. <laughs> it's the known entity. It's the constant. All of those things are your lifeline or your cable, right? But you have to put a lot of thought. It takes thought and self-reflection and personal growth to realize that you're on the right constant, that you're on the right lifeline and cable, right? Because you can hold on to things for too long thinking it's your constant or your safety net, and it's the wrong thing. So that's why my five-year plan is so important because we talk about it and we do the checks and balances and we challenge each other and we make sure that what my constant is, what my cable is, what my drivers are, are the right thing. Because it's very dangerous to think you have the right thing and hold on too long. And and that's why I think it's so important as we enter our fourth quarter that we are still challenging ourselves to make sure that what we're holding on to isn't just because it's that comfort zone. The comfort zone is the enemy of personal growth, I think. It really can be. We are truly going to have a fantastic fourth quarter and contribute to society and want to be the most we can be for our families and our communities and our for the people we interact with every day, we better make sure that our cable is the right one. You got to make sure that we are hanging on to the right thing. We're headed toward the right platform. There Now, it's almost like you were sandwiched between two things. Ahead of you was your compelling vision, right? And we just got done talking about that, that your son, your love for your son, your desire to be a part of his senior project, and you referred to it. 10 years ago, this is one of those experiences that you will never forget. He will never forget, right? To see you come up out of the murkiness and to appear. I'm sure you two talk about that now and then, but it's so clear in your mind today, 10 years ago. Not bad for somebody entering their fourth quarter, by the way. Pretty good memory. (laughs) Yeah, I think it might be longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been 20 years. It's funny how time flies. Yeah. The older we get. But you were sandwiched by, on one hand, it was the compelling vision. On the other hand, was the instructor behind you. Right. That, to me, is a reflection of how accountability augments progress. You were going hand over fist, you know, pulling yourself down. You knew someone was behind you, the guide, the person who had been there before, and you didn't want to disappoint. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a combination of accountability on one hand and ownership on the other hand. Mm-hmm. We all need to be held accountable on, on occasion. We just, we are not perfect people. And yet, and I think accountability is important whether we have that compelling vision or not. It's not, it's, it's like you need both. Right. I'm a big picture thinker. I shiny object syndrome. I love to pursue, pursue new ideas and new opportunities. So I need accountability. So that's why, again, I was accountable to that instructor. You know, first of all, I'm paying money to have this done. I had a goal that I was trying to meet. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was continuing on with this 
program we had committed to. So that accountability is another reason I did not go with the rope and stand up and get out of the water. In some ways, I could have said, hey, Alex, this isn't going to work out. Let's go do something else. But that would have been a failure, right? So the accountability part was important to me because I wouldn't be tempted to say, let's move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it was to my son, right, to get this. So all of those things did add up to a part of the process of being accountable and seeking a compelling vision. So this cable that we're talking about, you said it was anchored to the shore. Yeah. Right. Was there a, like a peg in the ground and it yeah. was tied to the peg or, you know, think about it in the Marine environment, we have a rope tied around a dock at a big steel peg driven into the ground. And this rope was tied around it with a sailor's knot of some sort. It was a big, it was a fairly sizable rope. You know, I, I, it was a, like a boat rope, a mariner's rope. That was no, it wasn't a string. We're not talking about a string. We're talking about a, a strong enough to, to yeah. withstand the every all the elements and help you pull yourself, an adult male, pull yourself all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the platform, do you recall what the rope looked like attached to the platform? It, it was similarly attached. Mm-hmm. So it was a rope that was attached at both ends, so it was taut. It had some rigidity to it follow that down all the way to your to the platform so it was anchored at both ends so this is a kickoff to a which to a four-part podcast series that which will start next episode right and it will lead us into the last episode will be in the first tuesday of the new year and in setting that up and talking about the cable first of all the title let me remind everybody of the title of the podcast series it's called the solution to your resolutions, creating a lifestyle of growing up. So we are, we are growing, not old, we are growing up. And it's, you know, the purpose of the series is to blow out of the water, so to speak, since we're talking about a quarry and going into the water, blow out of the waters, this repetitive failure that 80% of the population encounters when they start a new year's resolution there's got to be a solution to that we can't keep going over and over and over again with great ideas you know it could have been just as easy for you or it could have been very easy just to talk about how great it would be to go scuba diving with your son right and all the talk in the world would not have produced what the actual experience produced we would not be talking about it today if all you did was talk about it right. you know you would have said yeah, we had this idea. My son had to do his scuba diving thing, and we talked about me joining him. I didn't end up doing it, but man, would that wouldn't that have been great, right? It's a whole different story having done it. Sure. So getting back to the cable, the cable is fixed to today, and it is on the other end fixed to a point somewhere in the future. For simplicity's sake. January 1st, 2024, or December 31st, 2023, pick a date, tie the cable to that date and pull yourself to that. Right. Another metaphor was when I was training for a marathon, we, we trained in this air, this park nearby, and there was a, there was a hill in, in Mill Creek Park, and we called it, oh, I can't remember, we, we didn't have a very flattering name for it, but it was very, very steep. And the training, since we were going to run the Pittsburgh Marathon, the training was to run up this hill as hard and as fast and as as quickly as we could, and then walk back down, catch our breath, and do do the same thing 
and walk back down and then do the same thing. And I can remember that third time just dying. Yeah. And I decided instead of looking up at the top of the hill and being discouraged at how far I had to go, I ended up looking just ahead of me, picking something out on the ground about three feet in front of me. And I would watch that thing reach my feet. And then I would take my eyes and go out another three feet. And I called that running the bubble. I don't know if I, that's original to me or not. Probably not. But running the bubble, right? So you run the bubble. That's all you have to run is that next three feet. When you get there, run another three feet and so on and so on. Before long, you, you're at the top. That really sustained me, not only in that hill work, but also in the marathon itself. I mean, I don't know how many times I pulled myself visually from a pebble, pulling my, you know, until my feet reached the pebble. And then I go to a crack in the, another metaphor, similar, Yeah, a hand over hand on a cable. The significant thing here that I want to set the stage for this podcast series is that we all need a cable. We all need that cable. And on one end of the cable is a compelling vision. On the other end of the cable is an accountability mechanism. And that accountability mechanism is a support network. It is tips and tricks to get yourself into habits. James Clear wrote in his book, Atomic Habits, about making good habits very easy and obvious and making bad habits difficult and hidden. And so, for example, you wanted to stop watching as much TV, unplug the TV, put it in the back of a closet, and then put stuff in front of it and close the closet door. That way, every time you want to watch TV, you have to do all that work to get it out, set it up, plug it in, and it, and it makes it difficult. So all of these tips and tricks that are available to us, that becomes that accountability push from behind. The compelling vision is what you see yourself, who you see yourself being, and I know working with you that what has taken place is a transformation from a platform out there. You know, you wanted to be a scuba diving father to your son. That's what you transformed to. You became a father who was close to his son. And in essence, you said, what would a father who wants to be close to his son do? Well, he would not stand up and get out of the water. He would keep going, right? So you adopted the identity of a loving father and that's what some of the things we're going to talk about in this series is if you're going to develop a lifestyle of growth and development and growing up into your fourth quarter part of that's going to be adopt the identity of who you were designed to be and then simply prove it to yourself simply i say simply not easily but simply because the cable is simple. The whirlwind is complex. The whirlwind, you can't predict anything. You, you, and I know from my experience from working with you over five years and my own personal 90 day sprints and all that there are some moments in our journey where we're barely hanging on to that cable, right? I mean, the whirlwind is so intense. It's almost like a tornado and we can barely hang on to that thing. And, and in those moments, you have to just hang on. I, exactly. There's no hand over hand at the moment. Yeah. You're not advancing necessarily, 
but you have that as your constant and you know that's your core identity. You're going to go back to who is to what's true to you. Because mm-hmm. the whirlwind some days will be like a tornado. Right. When that clears and it inevitably will clear, you will find that you're hand over fist and then you're accelerating. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Nelson, this has been really good. I appreciate you taking the time again to share your story. It's very compelling. It's a very easy to see. And it is a perfect way to kick off this series. And I appreciate your time. I'm so looking forward to, you know, the end of the year, Mm -hmm. the new year, because I look at it differently than I used to. I used to be one of those resolution guys, you know, that would last 30 days if that. But now I have a five-year plan that I'm very specific on. I don't have to make New Year's resolutions. Certainly, there's always something I want to improve in my life. But I have my cable, which is my five-year plan. And I have six areas of life that I'm working on. And I'm doing 90-day sprints. So it's all very focused. It's long-term. I don't have to make resolutions, right? For themselves. Because it's much broader picture. So you could say you found the solution to resolution. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not a challenge some days. It's a challenge every day, but I know the basis from which I can approach those challenges now because I have that clear vision and I have that cable that I can move along. So thank you again for the help you have been to me in helping to figure all this out. Fantastic. Thank you, Nelson. All right. Take care. All right. So the thing to remember is the cable. That's going to be a big part of those of us who are serious about creating a meaningful and strong finish to our lives. Remember the cable. A couple of things I want to point out. After the series is over, which would be the first Tuesday in January, 2023, uh, two days later at 5.30 Eastern, January 5th, we are going to have a live webinar, a, a live session where you can join and answer or ask any questions that you would like. So I want you to save the date. That is January 5th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're interested in that, send me an email at coach at servingstrong.com and say, I want to be a part of the webinar. So that's what I want you to do is mention that or remember that. The second thing I want you to remember or look into is a platform that we are building and going to be formally launching on the Janu- on the 5th of January, but you can get in there early. And to get there, you would go to finishstrong.mn.co. That is a community platform separate from all the social media platforms. There's no ads, there's no political or religious ranting. It's designed just for people who are working out and living their fourth quarter, their fantastic fourth quarter. I'll put both of these into the show notes, but I want to thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I'm Scott Kokenauer. You know, as always, I am grateful for the time you take to listen to this podcast. I consider it an honor. Be sure to visit these show notes for all the information you need about the episode and the upcoming podcast series. I'll see you on the next conversation. 
This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.